0: Log talk radio.
1: Receive the sacrifice.
0: We ask God to just renew us, revive us, just to come in and help us through whatever it is we may be facing today that starts out this week as a a challenging week or a rough week. We just open our hearts for God to come in and and begin to minister to us and encourage our hearts through his word. We're going... um, And today to just encourage ourselves in the Lord Because sometimes we may feel As if things are not working out the way that they should As if things are not Going the way that we planned for it to go But God wants us to know today that It's going according to His plan Even though through our own hearts We had, you know Pretty much mapped out how it should go He's letting us know that And he's encouraging us That um, we should not be discouraged Or faint of heart But that we should be encouraged That it is working out for our good Even though it may look like It's working against us So before we go into the word of God We just want to pray And ask God to open our hearts And cover us That we may be able to receive and get revelation in our own situation concerning what's going on and how he's speaking to us Father, we thank you right now, God, we give your name, praise, glory, and honor Father, we start this week off by just talking to you concerning the things that we're going through The things that are making us weary, the things that are distracting us, oh God The things that make us weak and tired, Lord Lord, those things that just doesn't seem to be working out for our good, the walk that we're taking, God, you know, it just kind of looks a little bit discouraging. So, God, we want to tune into your word and be encouraged that it's all in your hands. We want to talk to you today, God, and know that everything is working out the way that you planned it to work out, even though we don't understand What's going on, God? So we clothe ourselves with the Word. We cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus. And we seek the Holy Spirit for guidance and strength and power as we go through what we're going through. That, Father, we will not be anxious to get to the end result, but that, God, we will focus on what you are doing in our lives as we transcend from one place to another as we focus on our transition and our growth in you and our process that we must complete. Father, we thank you for just taking away the sorrow and the pain and the the discouragement that we face. Father, we cast out any fleshly desires that would distract us from staying focused. Father, we thank you right now for your abounding love that you have for us. And I know that whatever we ask in prayer, God, we know that you hear And we know that you answer us. So, God, we're just feeling a little bit discouraged today, a little bit distracted. So we're coming to you, God, in your word that we may be encouraged by the Holy Spirit, that we may have him come and comfort us. So, God, we focus on you today, that we will be encouraged for the rest of the week because we know, oh, God, that you would never leave us, Nor will you forsake us And that our labor is not in vain in you We give your name praise We give your name glory In Jesus name So today we go and we begin to look at How distractions will come Even though God has spoken How the enemy will still come in To try to steal, kill and destroy the plan of God for our lives How even though we have a perfect plan of how it should work out And we're believing God for it to work out And the enemy slips in and tries to stop what God has for our lives That is the time that we get irritated, we get frustrated And we began to question our faith in God But God is letting us know today That no, the enemy cannot stop his plans His blessings that he has for your life He may try to delay He may try to distract He may try to discourage But when you are standing on the word of God Believing what God has spoken over your life, even though all those things come, you know the promise of God for your life, and you stand on that promise, and you just begin to ask the Holy Spirit to come in and comfort you during that time so that you don't lose hope, you don't lose focus, you don't lose the plan, the blessing, because you know you want to receive The blessings of God because they are sure They are promised And they are ours So As we begin to look at What Isaac Had to go through For that blessing It was promised to his father Abraham And he knew this And he heard the voice of God Say to him in Genesis 26 It said the Lord appeared To Isaac and said Do not go down to Egypt, live in the land where I will tell you, stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you, and will bless you, for to you and your descendants I will give all these lands, and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham, and I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and will give them all these lands and throughout your and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him keeping my commands my decrees my instructions so Isaac stayed in Gerar now as we listen look at this word that God is telling him he told him don't go to Egypt But go to the land that I will show you, because there is a blessing in that land. And when we're transitioning with God, and he began to tell us, this is what I need you to do. Now, to us, it may look like and seem like a bad idea, but to God, he has mapped out our destiny. He has mapped out our purpose and his will for our life. And we go on to ask God to show us that map that he has, that destiny plan that he has for us. And we have to understand that it may not be what we want or expected, but it's guaranteed what he has for us. So we are the ones that he's building to go along with the plan. it's not us building God to go with our plan. Our plan, there's no guarantee. Our plan has holes in it. Our plan does not have an end Because we don't know the end But in God's plan The completion is guaranteed And at the end of God's plan There is a blessing We just don't see it in the beginning Because to our flesh It does not make sense And God is letting him know I've already promised this to your father So now you are inheriting the promise of your father. So all you have to do is continue in the plan of your father by walking upright and obeying the word of God. So as Isaac begins to fulfill that, God begins to open the plan to him. Now God assured him that this plan was guaranteed because it was already promised. All he had to do was stay focused. And when God allows us to see uh, a vision of where he wants us to go, he's showing us the end result, but there's a process to get there. And so many times we don't want to take the process, we just want to get to the end. But God is saying in order to get to the end, you have to do the process of the promise before you. So now it's our job to find out what is the process. What is it that God is requiring us to do to get to the promise? And majority of the time is following his word. Now, if we don't read the word and spend time with him, then we're going to get off of the process and the plan that God has for us because we don't know him. We don't know his word and we don't know what he wants us to do. So we're following in our own steps at this point. Because we're not communicating with the one who has the plan So as he begins to follow God and listen to the voice of God He understands that the process he has to take in order for this to come to pass So we go on into um, verse 9 And it says, so Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, she is really your wife. Why did you say she is your sister? Isaac answered him, because I thought I might lose my life on the account of her. Then Abimelech said, what is this you have done to us? One of the men might well have slept with your wife, and you would have brought guilt on us. And then we need to go down a little bit further to verse 12. says, Isaac planted crops in the land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became wealthy. He had so many flocks and herd and servants that the Philistine envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistine stopped up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. So we're going to go down to verse 12 instead of um, discussing uh, the wife, the lie that he told concerning his wife in fear of his life. So we go down to 12, and we see that the promise was beginning to unfold. The inheritance was beginning to come forth because of his obedience to the word of God, because of his obedience to communicating with God and listening to God, that he reaped what he had sown a hundredfold. And so many times we sow and we say, God, give us that hundredfold blessing. But you have to, to sow in the land where God is telling you to sow. You have to make sure that when the money is sown, that God said, give it in this land because I'm going to bless you. It can't be any land that you just sow into and say, God, give me a hundredfold blessing. But it's listening to the spirit and the voice of God that tells you this is the blessing right here. So in this land. So he began to be rich and wealth just continued to grow for him. And then it says, he, as so the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of Abraham, the Philistines stopped it up and filled it with earth, which means they saw his prosperity, they saw that he was growing, they saw what God was doing in his life, and they had to stop it. They had to stop the blessing in their minds anyway. They had to stop his prosperity. So they got it together in their mind that if we stop up the whales, his blessings will stop. If we do something to counteract what's going on in his life, surely the blessing will not be there anymore. And when we look into our lives and we see people that are trying to stop the blessing or we see the devil trying to distract us, discourage us, and stop the blessing from coming, we've heard God say go to point A, but because we're discouraged, confused, or we're listening to other people, we try to convince God that we need to go to point B. But if we stay on track And we sow where God has told us to sow One hundred fold will come to you It's guaranteed and it's promised Because you're following the voice of God And you're following the reasoning of God And not people So Abimelech comes to Isaac And he says you know what You have become too powerful you got to go So his wealth began to intimidate the people around him not because he wasn't sharing but because it was just happening to him and so many times when the blessing is upon your life and people begin to hate on you for that you don't even understand how all you know is that you are serving god and you're following his plan and and the the windows of heaven are just open and they're flowing in your life But people will begin to be angry and jealous of this and wonder, how are you doing it? And and they only want to know so they can stop it, not so they can be a part of it or help you, but they want to stop the blessing so that you can look like and become one of them instead of becoming a child of God in the blessing. So we never want people to take the blessing from us because we're not paying attention because we can actually lose the blessing because we're not focused on God. But the blessing was guaranteed. And when you receive your prophecies, when you receive your visions and, and revelations from God concerning your destiny, it's a guarantee. Regardless of how many people want to plug up your hole that the blessing is coming out of, it's still Can be dug up again It still can be dug No matter where you go Because the blessing is with you It's not in that one hole That they've covered up It's not in that one area That they've tried to stop you By talking about you By gossiping about you By bringing shame upon you But the blessing is in you So therefore wherever you go The blessing goes with you It's not a physical thing Is what people are trying to stop but it is a spiritual thing. So the blessing was with Isaac because of the promise of God, not because of the labor of his hands. His hands was blessed because of the promise. So we have to understand where the blessing is coming from, not from the labor labor of your hands alone, but there's a promise behind the labor, the power of the Holy Ghost behind what you're doing is what's making the blessing flow regardless of who is trying to stop it. So they said we're going to plug it up because surely that's where the blessing is, is in all these wells because you got to be able to feed the livestock. He's got to be able to drink water himself. But if we plug up these wells, then the blessing stops. There's nothing to grow, nothing to do. But God was in a bigger picture than what their little scrawny minds were in. God is in the spirit realm blessing, and it pours out into the flesh. So we go on a little further because Abimelech says, you're too powerful for us in verse 16, so you have to go. So it says in 17, so Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerir, where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which they had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names as his father. So Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But they continued to argue and quarrel with Isaac each time he dug a well up. And there was water found. And then Isaac would name these wells as he moved on. So he dug the well. The water gushed out of it. The blessing flowed. They would be angry. Nope, you can't have this one. they plug it back up. Go further. And he just kept going further and further and further out. Because everywhere he tried, they quarreled with him. And it didn't discourage Isaac. It didn't distract him. It didn't take him off course and off plan because I think by the second or third, you can't have this, we probably would have got a little angry and told him to show us some paperwork or proof or something that I can't have this. But Isaac didn't do all of that because he he stayed focused on the promise. He stayed focused on God, on his inheritance. So even though he knew his father had dug all those wells, even though he knew he was only redigging something that was already done, it wasn't anything new. But he kept moving. He didn't quarrel with them. He just kept moving, and he kept moving to the next one, and he kept moving to the next one until he finally got to a well that they didn't quarrel over him with. And then once he he, he found that one. It says now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. So once he found a place where there was no more quarreling, he said, Okay, then God will bless us here. You know, he didn't complain and say, Oh, this is too far out. This is too too far from our people. We need somewhere closer. Give us the first well that we dug up, give us that we redug up, give us this one or that one. But he said, Okay is further out from them, which is what they wanted because they didn't want him close to them because he, he he just had too much stuff and they didn't like it. So they tried to push him as far away as they possibly can. And, and so many times we're in a situation where we're being pushed out and we're being uh, named or labeled and it's in a bad way. And we don't understand why because we're sharing, we're flourishing, we're prospering, and we would think that people would think that was a good thing for us. But depending upon the people that you are around, depending on the environment, the atmosphere of your company determines the happiness of your prosperity. Because so many times people like you as long as you are equal to or less than them. But when you begin to come out of where you were, poverty and lack and and discouragement and sickness and disease, you're healed from it, and you're thinking that people are going to rejoice with you. This is a story to let us know that that doesn't always happen because now your testimony has been manifested. The blessing has now come forth. The blessing that you've talked about for years and years, you know, the job that you kept saying you were going to get and whatever it is that showed God is in your life and you wanted people to rejoice with you and they didn't. And you were shocked because these were the people that said, "Girl, I'll be glad with you. I'm going to rejoice with you. I'm going to be there too. I'm so happy God is going to bring you out. And then when you're brought out, And the blessing begins to flow. And then you begin to wonder where is the celebration that you thought you were going to get? Where is the praise dance that you thought people were going to be dancing with you? It's not there. It's not there. And we get distracted and we get discouraged because even though you've overcome that, you still have a way to go to the completion of the blessing. You can't stop... With distractions there Just because they plugged up that one That well with the earth You have to keep moving Because there's more blessings to come There's more testimonies to come There's more to it But if you stay at the first well And get distracted and discouraged Then you're messing up the blessing That was promised to you You are the one that's delaying it So Isaac had to move on. He found a place. They didn't bother him. They didn't quarrel with him, and they let him have it. It says in 23, from there he went to Beersheba. That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. Isaac built an altar there and called it the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent, and there his servants dug a well. So because of his obedience, because he didn't quarrel with them and say, "What God has promised me this, and you better move out of the way, and he didn't go through all of that. He trusted God in the midst of everything that was going on, in the midst of, of all the distractions and the words that were spoken to him, he yet focused on what God promised his father, and God was letting him know that it's now going to be poured out into you. And he began to talk to the Lord at that point and give God thanks It because God began to let him know Not only did I promise it To Abraham but I'm Promising the same blessing To you And God has promised us A blessing and we Know God has promised that blessing To us but we want It now We don't want the distractions. We don't want the discouragement. We don't want people fighting against us. We want everyone to celebrate with us. We want everyone to understand the process, and it's just not going to happen because they're not a part of that blessing. So it's not going to happen. That is your blessing. And if you be like Joseph, And you begin to tell that blessing too soon or to the wrong ears, it will begin to derail into a whole other place that you don't want to go through. So keep the blessing and stay focused on the blessing. If no one celebrates with you, celebrate with yourself. If they send you away because you are prospering, then go away. But go away in peace knowing that that this is your blessing, knowing that this is yours. And so many times when we say God is sending us somewhere or God revealed to me that I need to do this to get my blessing and someone else may look at you and say, that's not possible, that's not right. And they give you this anger because you thought it would be a peaceful conversation you have and it wasn't, so you're second-guessing what you've heard and saying, well, maybe God didn't say that to me. Maybe I'm just, it's not time yet. Because there was no peace in the conversation as with Joseph when he told them what God had shown him and that his brothers would be worshiping. And they laughed at him. So instead of him them celebrating with him or saying, wow, God is going to bless you like that, they laughed and said, that's not going to happen. And so many times we tell the story in excitement for people to celebrate with us, and it doesn't end up that way, and then we're hurt and discouraged. But God didn't tell us to share it with those people. He didn't tell us to go tell it to anyone. That was a conversation between us and our Father as to how he's going to bless us. So if we keep the secrets of God to ourselves that he had not revealed to anyone else, then we'll stay encouraged and be encouraged through the Holy Spirit. But as we begin to tell it, then it can cause damage to ourselves, our flesh, not to the promise because the promise is guaranteed. It will just be our flesh that gets, you know, going into another direction because we'll take it and delay it. We'll take it and get discouraged. We'll take it and won't seek God anymore about it because no one celebrated with us. So we need to be very careful of our blessing. And obviously Isaac was very careful of his blessing because when God promised it to Abraham and he told him, go to the place that I will show you, he didn't go and and argue with the Philistines and say, hey, but God told me to do this. Hey, God is showing me a revelation that this is what he's promised me. He just went to the next well. He didn't try to justify his blessings. He didn't try to justify his move with them and get them to understand why he was going through this or moving or being blessed. He just went to the next well until he found a well where they're not going to argue and quarrel with him. And so many times when God tells us to go and when he tells us to do something, we're looking for an approval from someone that will confirm or affirm that we should do it. Well, God, if I tell so-and-so, you know, surely they'll be happy for me. And then the peace is not there. And then you question what you've heard or question what you should do. And God is saying, no, I shared that with you because that's your blessing. That's your prosperity. So Isaac stayed focused on the blessing because he knew it was promised to him. He knew this was his So he didn't argue, he just kept going. And he would just dig and dig until he knew his promise. Do we know our promise today? Do we know what God has has promised us that he's going to give us? And are we holding on to it? Are we holding on to the wealth of information that God has poured into us? Or are we trying to find approval from man to confirm or affirm to us that God actually said it to us? Because when you begin to share your dream or your vision or your revelation and someone may tell you, Oh no, I don't I don't know and you begin to be discouraged or you want, um, pursue it. But God is saying, Nope, nope. No matter how much they feel that well with the earth, the promise is still guaranteed to you. The vision will still come to pass. It's a guarantee. So we shouldn't be discouraged We shouldn't be dismayed Fall weak Crying over the promises of God But we have to stand and fight over the promises of God We have to stand and let the devil know He's not taking that promise from us So when God says this is what I'm going to do in your life and the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy it by any means that he has possible to him, whether it's using someone else close to you or using, you know, situations and circumstances, we have to stand firm and say, nope, this was promised to me. And it's, it's going to come to pass regardless of anything. And we have to stand firm as Isaac did when he heard the promise, God told him to move, and then he got all this opposition as he was moving. But that did not discourage him because he knew he heard from God. Are we listening to the voice of God, following the voice of God, standing on what the voice of God told us and his word, and not being distracted or emotionally distraught over what people say? Or are we trying to find a a cheerleading squad and telling us, do it. We got your back. We're going to cheer you on. The Philistines didn't do that. They were not his cheerleaders. They were not cheering him on. They said, Get away from us. You're too rich for us. You're too prosperous for us. We can't have you in here because you're going to become bigger than us. Matter of fact, you are bigger than us. And you're believing God for big things, not just minor things. You're believing God to completely heal you. Completely. Take it away completely. As in when you go to the doctor, they will find absolutely nothing wrong with you. And someone else may be saying, ah, but you know what, so-and-so had the same thing and they didn't come out of it. You got to hold on to the promises of what God has shown you concerning your sickness and disease or your financial lack and poverty and how he's going to bring you out of that. Hold on to the conversation you had with God. Not the conversation you had with the Philistines that are around you. Because the Philistines are not there to encourage you. They're not there to support you. They just want you driven far away so now they can shine. But you're shining your light is shining too bright for them right now and they like you got to go. Because you taking all this you taking all the glory from us. So you got to go. You are too big for us. There's no support. No. So no matter where you dig, no matter what you do, no matter how much you bless, they're not going to support it. But if you stay infirm in the word of God and his promises, you'll survive because God has a place for your survival. And when Isaac began to dig those wells, he was looking for a place that would feed his livestock, that would give them water to drink so that they can flourish the land and plant their seed and they'll be able to thrive off of that land. So he was moving to that place where even though they were rich and and they had things, he knew that God was going to multiply them more, so he had to find a land that was going to continue to flourish what God had already promised. And they knew that when he found that land, he was just going to continue to grow. So they were not going to allow that land to be close to them. So they continued to push him further away from them until he got far enough to where they said, okay, we don't have to argue about this land. You can take this one because you're far enough from us that our light will shine and we don't have to worry about you. But by the time he got to that place where there were no more complaining, there was no more arguing with him over the wells, he grew by that time spiritually That it wasn't about the land being the prosperity But he must have begun to realize that it was about the spirit of God being his prosperity Because when he chose the land and they didn't quarrel with him He went on to Beersheba and began to to live there And that's where God met him It wasn't in the land where the last whale was. But God began to meet him there, and it goes on to teach that that was also the place where Abraham had sacrificed him, and they met with God there. So the promise ended where his father's promise was unveiled to him. So when we are following God, what looks like an end really becomes a beginning for us, a new beginning, a new life for us. And we're afraid in the process of going through it, but once you follow God and you mature through it and you get that sigh of relief that I'm glad I trusted you, God, God will reveal himself to you and let you know that he is with you. As it said for Um, now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in this land. That was when they stopped arguing with him. So then in 23, he said, from there he went to Beersheba. That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham, do not be afraid. And in 25, it says, Isaac built an altar there and called the name of the Lord. Called on the name of the Lord And there he pitched his tent And there his servants dug a well So they actually dug a well there And not at the last place That was the quarrel place where they didn't quarrel with him And God revealed himself Because he was obedient He followed the plan of God He followed the process He didn't get discouraged And he built the tent And began to worship there Because he began to realize That this was a spiritual thing This wasn't a natural. It wasn't about feeding the livestock. It wasn't about making sure they had fertile ground, but it was about God. And when we get to that point where we understand that the mission is about God, then we get it because the whole thing is that God wants us to get it. He wants us to get him to grab hold of his spirit. So when it happens again, we'll remember what we just came out of and we'll hold on even more. So spiritually, we have to get it. And when we get it, the devil can't take it from us because spiritually we got hold, we grabbed hold to it. But if we're trying to grab hold to it in the flesh and the enemy comes to attack us, then we're going to fail. We're going to fail because the flesh... It's always up and down. It's never a secure place to be. But when you stand firm the way Isaac did and you go further in God and you understand the process of what he's doing, what he wants to accomplish in you through this process of, of trying to be distracted and discouraged by people, then you begin to understand the spirit realm that God wants us to move with him and not in the flesh. So now, not only do you find land and water in the well to feed the land and to plant your seeds and to water your flock and to make sure that you have water, but now your spirit man has grown and flourished as well, to so where you'll you'll be able to sustain during those times again. You'll be able to call on the name of the Lord and stand. During those times So whatever we're facing Whatever we're going through And God is shifting us To a different place And he's saying go where I'm telling you to go Do what I'm telling you to do Stand firm in what you heard Get your revelation Get your rhema word Get an understanding from the Holy Spirit So that when the Philistines come and try to fill the earth with your prosperity, with your well, with your blessing, you'll look at it and shake your head and walk away and say that doesn't stop the blessing. That just stopped the physical aspects of the blessing. But it doesn't stop the spiritual aspects of the blessing. So you begin to stand on the word of God when he said, I need you to go to this place. The place that I have chosen for you to go to. So he said, do not go to Egypt, but go to the place that I have chosen. Which means he may have been thinking that Egypt was the place to go to. And God said, no, 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 I have a place for you. That your life will be blessed even more than what is being blessed right now. Listen to the voice of God. Listen to where he's taking you. Listen to where he wants you to go. And your blessing will be more than anything you could imagine. And no matter how much the Philistines come and try to stop you, try to stop the blessing, try to stop the promise, it cannot be so. You control the destiny of that blessing. You can be like Isaac and stand firm or you can be distracted and just go wishy-washy on God. But the blessing is up to you. And so many times we we blame God, but he's the one that promised the blessing. He's the one that said, "I will bless you." So that means it is a guaranteed blessing. Hold on to your blessing, your revelation. Hold on and fight. So when the enemy comes in to steal, kill, and destroy your blessing, you are ready. You are spiritually equipped for it. Not fleshly equipped for it, but you have the word of God down on the inside of you that you are able to stand in the time of trouble. You're able to fight with the word of God and with the faith that God has deposited into you through his word. You're able to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and comfort you during those times when it looked like the blessing is not going to happen. During those times that no matter how hard you try, the Philistines are still coming and trying to stop you and telling you, nope, you can't have it. Nope, you can't do it. Nope, it's not possible. Nope, I'm not going to help you. Nope, I'm not going to tell you anything to... To help you I'm going to just sit here and watch you fail You have to stand Because it's your blessing It's your promise And Isaac stood on that blessing He stood on that promise So dig your wells Plant your feet on solid ground In the word of God So wherever you dig your well, wherever you're working hard, wherever you're believing God for, stand firm. It's promised. If you're sick and you say, God, I trust you for healing, and in your own revelation and in your own conversation with God, he says you are healed, hold on to that because you are healed. And then, soon as you say that, or God answers you, the enemy may come in with a sharp pain. But you have to say, "Nope, I am healed." Or you may say, "God, I financially I need this, or I want to come. I'm coming out of poverty and lack." And God says, "I have a plan for your prosperity. It's over here." And the enemy comes in, and then it looks like that place is dry. It's not dry. That place is where you can plant your seed and dig your wells because God said so. To somebody else, it may look dry. It may not be prosperous at all for them, but God told you that it was for you. And we we hear that song, this is what God has for me, it is for me. It's for you. He didn't say include anybody else in it. He said that's for you. That's your blessing. So someone else may not agree that that's your blessing, but you didn't ask them to agree with you. You just believed God for what he promised. Stand firm on what you know that God is doing in your life. Stand firm on what you've heard God say, because it is for you. That blessing is yours. So you don't have to cry over that blessing. You don't have to. Concerning that blessing That blessing Is yours It is promised To you So as we look over our life And we begin to talk to the Lord And we say God You promised God, you showed me the vision. God, you told me to move here. You told me this is my blessing, my inheritance. And the enemy looks like he's just trying to come against what God has spoken. We have to understand that that's what he does. He comes against what God has spoken kill, steal, and to destroy. There's nothing new under the sun for what he does. So now we have to build our faith. We have to build our spirit man, and stand on the word of God because he told you to do this. He told Isaac to go. Now you would have thought it would be a smooth transition, but Isaac ran into opposition with this. But he yet stood on the promises of God. He yet stood on what God said was his. He didn't let them take that away from him in his spirit, man, even though it looked like they were taking it away from him in the natural. In the spirit, he stood on what God said. Stand on the word of God. In the flesh it may look like it's just not possible It's not going to work This move is not going to happen But God is saying you know what Yes it will So when you hear no And you know God said yes Stand on yes Because it's going to happen Because God already knew that no was coming The promises of God are sure You can rebuke the devil, and he will flee. You can cast him out, and he has to go. You can cover the situation with the blood of Jesus, and it's protected. You can ask the Holy Spirit to come and empower you and encourage you, and he will come. You have all the tools to keep going, no matter how many wells are plugged up, no matter how many wells that you dig, look like it's the answer and then it's not so when you get further and further away from the promise it seems like you're only getting closer and closer to the blessing there's no one way that you can get to that blessing because the more they pushed him further it only got him closer to it you would think that he would Maybe get derailed or go into a different Direction but that didn't happen It only got him closer to where God Really wanted him to be and that's Why what the enemy Is trying to do for your bad God takes that same Situation and he'll make it For your good by creating a Whole nother opportunity for it To come to pass God is not going To allow it to be stopped And you're standing on his word He's just not going to do that So whatever it is, stand through the pain, through the tears, through the distraction, the discouragement, through the fact that you have no support, no cheerleaders, no band music, nothing. Stand. Standing alone, stand. When you've done all that you could do and and it seems like, just stand, just continue to stand and say, God, I'm I'm crying, but I'm gonna stand. God, I don't see the way, but I'm gonna stand. And it's guaranteed that God will see you through. He will bring you out of it. And we thank you right now for listening. We thank you for allowing God to just minister to you in revelation concerning what He has promised to you. It's a promise, it's an inheritance, it's guaranteed, but it's up to you how you get it. It's up to you that it is fulfilled. Be not dismayed, because God is, he's there, he's standing by your side. We just want to close out in prayer, thanking God. Father, we thank you right now, God, for the word. We thank you for your revelation, your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of what we need to do, God. It's time out, oh God, for us being distracted, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to fight the enemy. God is it's just not time for that. Because we know the word. We know that you guaranteed. We know that you promised it and it's going to come to pass. So God, we stand on your word. We stand believing that what you said will come to pass. Father, as we build up our armor, we, we make it stronger through your word. And, God, we just make sure that we're focused on you and not on our flesh so that no matter what comes, we yet believe and we trust you and know that you are going to make it happen in our lives. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name.